Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom, this is Rabbi Aaron Alexander, and I am still honored to be presenting a daily daf differently for the Jcast Network. We are in Tractate Psachim. Today I'll be speaking a little bit about daf kaf, page 20. Uh, We're still if you heard yesterday's edition, talking to a certain extent about a needle, uh, the needle that was found in an animal slaughtered for sacrifice. Uh, we learned in the original Mishnah from Eduyot that if the needle is found, the knife and the hands are tahor, pure, but the flesh itself is tameh, and so the rabbis at the beginning of page 20a, the front side, the first side of the page, uh, discuss how it is uh, the flesh itself becomes impure, tameh. And so they ask, two lines down, the habasar tameh, hai basar de'it kasher b'mai. How is it that the flesh of the animal became uh, welcome to tuma to and impurity? If you would want to claim, if you would like to make the argument that it may that it became welcome susceptible to tuma through the blood of the animal, which is to say uh, the blood that was flowing out of the animal after it was killed, and of course coming in contact with the flesh along the way. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, from where, and whenever the Talmud says minayim, it is generally asking about from where in the Torah, what verse do we know that the blood of animals that are offered for sacrifice that does not make itself susceptible to tuma shena amar lotochlenu al haaretz tishbechenu kamaim because we learn in Deuteronomy 12:24 you uh, shall not eat the blood rather on the ground you shall spill it just like water. So I want to look at these verses in Devarim for a moment so you can have a little bit of context and also be reminded of a very essential part of the Torah. Uh, Devarim, chapter 12, verse 20. I'm going to read in the Hebrew and then translate to the English. Ki yarchiv Adonai Elohecha et gvulacha ka'asher di berlach va'amarta ochala vasar ki te'ave nafshecha le'echol basar bechol avat nafshecha tochal basar when God enlarges your territory as God has promised you and you say I shall eat some meat 
for you have the urge to eat meat. You may eat meat whenever you wish. Um, just a quick note uh, in an often forgotten verse. Uh, yes, the Torah permits humans to eat meat, uh, at least at this point in the Torah, but there is a caveat, and the caveat is te'aveh nafshecha, when you have that urge. And I think in the modern world, the way in which we buy our meat products, and I myself um, do eat meat, it is very easy uh, uh, to lose connection to the original understanding of the Torah, which is to say, um, the flesh of another animal is not simply there for us to take of it when we want. It should come, at the very least, at a time in which something in our body is impacting something in our consciousness. Um, again, it's hard to do that when we're buying packaged meat in the stores, and so I uh, will often suggest to my students um, two things. Uh, one, they listen uh, to their urges, and meat should not necessarily be a habit, but uh, something perhaps for special occasion. And the second piece is, I think, um, meat eaters, to a certain extent, owe it to themselves, to the animals, and to God, who created the animals, to uh, either in person or perhaps through a video, um, watch an animal go through the slaughter process. That connection... I feel, at least, is important. Verse 21, Ki yirchak mimcha hamakom asher yivchar Adonai Elohecha lasum shemo sham v'zavachta mibkorcha umitzonecha asher natan Adonai lecha ka'asher tziviticha. If the place where God has chosen to establish God's name is too far from you, you may slaughter any of the cattle or sheep that God gives you. Which is to say, it can happen anywhere, but here's the catch. As I have instructed you. Now, in case uh, people don't know, the laws for kosher slaughter are not found in the Torah. Um, these two words, are found in the Torah. You shall slaughter the animal as I have instructed you. Of course, we have no idea of the, the, the particulars of this non- sacrificial slaughter. And it is through the rabbis that we understand what the Torah means. And so um, I'll share with you what, uh, what the Torah means, in, in, at least according to our rabbinic tradition, and why kosher slaughter still, I think, retains its status as uh, one of the most dignified, if that's an appropriate word, I'm not sure that it is, but one of uh, the most dignified ways of taking the life of an animal. There are five prohibitions for kosher slaughter. Not positive commandments, but negative commandments. One is shechiyah. Shechiyah. Pausing or delay. Which is to say, once the knife goes into the esophagus and trachea of the animal, it needs to go back and forth, and it cannot stop. The second you stop and pause the process, the shechita in that moment becomes defective, and the animal is no longer kosher. That's one. Two, drasa, pressing. The blade has to go back and forth. It's a to-and-fro motion. It can't stick down or press down. It has to be 
uh, quick, which is part of the reason why um, somebody who learns how to do kosher slaughter spends a significant amount of time simply learning how to sharpen knives. Chalada, burrowing. The blade must not get caught between the trephia and the esophagus, and you can't pull it with some kind of upward motion, uh, and it can't really go under the skin. Hagrama, uh, that is another prohibition. It is cutting out of the specific zone, or deflecting uh, the knife. And the fifth prohibition, akira, is a tearing, which is to say the trachea, the trachea and the esophagus, um, which both uh, ought to be cut by the knife, uh, cannot be torn out. Um, they must, in fact, be cut by the knife, and so if there is a cut that uh, isn't done well, or if something is jagged or ripped, then the shechita itself is invalid, and the animal is not kosher. Um, all of that to say, what I just stated for you doesn't appear anywhere in the Torah. The Torah share says, Ka'asher tziviticha. Um, now we talk about blood. Uh, verse 22, Now English eat it, however, as the gazelle and the deer are eaten, the unclean may eat it together with the clean. Verse 23, Rak chazak levilti achol hadam. Ki hadam hu hanefesh velo tochal hanefesh im habasar, but make sure that you do not partake of the blood, for the blood is the life, and you must not consume the life with the flesh. Verse twenty-four: Lo tochlenu al haaretz tishbechenu kamaim. You must not partake of it; you must pour it out on the ground like water. This, of course, the verse that gets back to our Gemara and the proof text for why it is not the blood of the animal after the slaughter, the sacrificial animal, that makes the flesh of the animal tameh, impure, which is to say, dam shenishpach kamay machshir. An analogy is being made here by the Gemara, um, which generally says uh, that the only blood that can... Uh, become susceptible to impurity is blood that can be spilled out on the ground. So even though the pshat, the plain meaning of the verse is spill out the blood so that you won't end up eating it, the rabbis drawing an analogy from this are saying, listen, there are two types of blood when it comes to slaughter. There's blood for huling, for any uh, animal, an animal that will be eaten, uh, and then there's sacrificial blood, the blood that comes out of an animal for sacrifice. Um, but blood which may not be spilled on the ground cannot become or welcome or um, tuma impurity. And so the blood of a sacrifice was captured in a special vessel uh, as opposed to the blood from a normal kosher slaughter which uh, is poured out onto the ground. Therefore, all of this to say, the flesh of the animal that our Mishnah from Edu Yot, our Mishnah on page 19, declares to be impure Tameh, um, it does not take on that Tumah, that impurity from the blood, because only blood that can be spilled onto the ground, cooling blood, is blood that 
can be susceptible to, to Tuma and possibly transfer it as well. Okay, that's uh, where we'll stop for page 20 of Masachet Psachim. Looking forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.